0: Who are the top five players with the most to gain or lose this spring? Stick around. We'll find out. Locked on Ole Miss podcast.
1: You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. And this just is to remind you, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And being the morning show of the Ole Miss people... Absolutely fantastic. Thank you for that. Today we're going to look at the five players that have a chance to make the biggest step or the biggest loss in um, training camp this spring. This is what we will be like a Friday Top 5, a Top 5 Friday. We'll figure out how to name it. But these are five players, not necessarily the top storylines, but the top players that have the most to gain or lose in this spring practice. So we'll start it off right here with Ulysses Bentley the Fourth, the running back out of SMU. He's a former All-AEC player, um, good running back, got kind of lost in the shuffle last year between Zach Evans and Quenshawn Judkins, and then injuries piled on top of it. But Ulysses Bentley Fourth has a chance to be the number two back going into fall camp this year. You have Quinshawn, Zach's gone, but he needs to make a good first impression because of what is sitting there with Kedrick Criscano. Nothing against Ulysses Bentley, but Kedrick Criscano is the new player, a really good back. He showed out at the Polynesian Bowl, so we know that talent is on the way. Ulysses Bentley, it would serve him very well to have a good spring practice, especially since they're going to load manage Quinshawn Judkins. So he'll have ample opportunities to make plays from the running back position and potentially work himself up into a running back two position for the Ole Miss football team. But it's going to be important this season that the offense looks like it did when when Matt Corral was calling the signals. 2020-2021, the running game will look similar. Kevin Smith being back, his preferences are obviously going to go a long way and this choice, what's going on with Ulysses Bentley the 4th We'll see. Big spring for Ulysses Bentley. If he comes out and shows out, he has a chance to lock down that running back, too, going into the fall and make it to where it'll be even harder for Kedra Griscano, who is going to be swimming a little bit to make that move. Now, running back's an easy position to learn, so that helps a freshman back. But there's still some pass pro. There's still some complexities that Ulysses has the advantage on. So this is a major spring for him to create separation. The next person that we're going to talk about is J.J. Henry. J.J. Henry, slot receiver, had a fantastic camp going into last season, was used early in the season quite a bit. His usage dropped off as the season went on. He had a rough couple of three games, and then it kind of dropped off a little bit. But he's an electric slot top style wide receiver. You can see how the quickness, you can see how he plays, and you can see how he can help Ole Miss's offense. But with the emergence of Jordan Watkins, with the potential of a Dayton Wade going there, with Caden Lee coming into the picture, this is a massive spring for JJ Henry. He needs to catch the ball well. He needs to do the things that he did in the fall that got him the reps to begin with. But now it's going to be even tougher because potentially Dayton Wade, potentially um, Jordan Watkins, all established guys in the room that he is going to have to compete with. Now, the talent with J.J. Henry is there. It just absolutely is. He has to get better with his hands. And as a slight guy, he has to be able to handle running into open space more so than he is right now. It's, it's real interesting with J.J. He has a chance to be a really good player. and We've said this ever since he signed with Ole Miss. But for whatever reason, he's progressed a little bit, but not to the point where we needed him to. Whenever you look at the beginning of last season, he he dropped a couple of touchdown passes. And you thought, okay, well, if he brings that in, that is what we were expecting for him. But him not making those plays, obviously, it caused Jordan Watkins to catch up um, on him in the room. So... It is what it is, but J.J. Henry is absolutely the second-most player, player with the most to gain or lose in this spring practice. is absolutely fantastic. Our last one in this first break is Jameer Lewis, the linebacker recruited out of Southwest Mississippi Community College. He's from Macomb. He's a 3-for-3 three three JUCO player. They were able to get him in, and he is built to be a jack linebacker and the reason he is on this list is mainly because of the the what he can gain in spring practice being you know no DJ Holmes, no Chamberlain Campbell so he is primarily the only jack on campus. He's going to suck up those reps and he has a chance to get good. So if he takes to it and takes to it well, he has a chance to be productive in the fall. I would say I would be willing to bet that Him doing well this spring and getting it all in will mean that the fall team will be much better. Ole Miss in the fall will be better defensively if Jameer Lewis picks up the defense in the spring. This is, like I said, this is a situation of a player with a ton to gain and nothing really to lose. It's just because he is the only true Jack on campus. He has a chance to get a head start on DJ Holmes, on Chamberlain Campbell, on those guys, and... Whoever else gets moved over there, because they're not he's not going to be the only person at that position. We get to see who they are going to move. I mean, it should be quite interesting to see that as well. But when we come back, we are going to show you number two and number one. Um, we also have Tim Thomas in the third segment talking Rebel basketball. Big win over South Carolina. Um, we're recording before Tennessee. Um, just so you know. So we're not really going to play on results on that, but we will talk a little bit about the South Carolina game and the hoops program as a whole. I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. This midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book because customers get a no-sweat first bet if you're a new customer, up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Now, I know if you're in Mississippi, you have to go to a brick-and-mortar casino to gamble on sports. But if you go to Memphis, if you go to Nashville, if you go to New Orleans, this would be available to you as well. Then you could be able to bet on everything from money line to point spreads to, heck, the threes, number of threes drained in a game. Plus, FanDuel helps you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. You know, you could take the money line, money potentially against the spread, and, you know, greater than five three-point shots or something like that. Um, You can do that as well. So don't miss out on your chance to get your free no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, thanks again for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you you get your podcast. All right, in the first segment, we gave you three names of players that are going through our countdown of players that must have a good spring. The play, these are players with the most to lose and the most to gain in this spring practice. You might have players that desperately need it because they're kind of free-falling down the depth chart and new players are coming in. But you also have players that are almost last-chance type things to go up, to make another impact. And it' real interesting to see that. Now, the next player we're going to say is a little bit of both. It's somebody that's been around a little bit. It's somebody that needs to have a gap develop in spring for fall camp. Somebody that, you know, after last season, you want to see him do a little bit better. So it is both sides, but I didn't bring him up on purpose because if I did, you would know exactly who I was talking about. Number two player is Jackson Dart. And with Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard on campus, Jackson Dart will be uniquely positioned to gain ground um, in this quarterback race over Spencer Sanders, who at this point is not throwing the football. Now, it's something, you, you know, when once spring starts, the longer he doesn't throw, that's advantage Jackson Dart. Now you have Walker Howard, who I do think is the quarterback of the future. He is the young guy that they're going to do over and over again, and he is the reason that Marcel Reed doesn't sting at all. The difference there is Marcel Reed is four to play five, and and Walker Howard is four to play four. But Jackson Dart needs to separate from these competitors because the season, while he played pretty well, the offense looked stagnant. It didn't look good. So Jackson Dart, in spring practice, it would behoove him to get the ball out of his hand quickly, to use all quadrants of the field, and to take care of the football. If he does those three things, three things, he will be the quarterback against Mercer, no doubt in my mind. But if he doesn't, if he messes up, if it, if he it retreats to the mean, then you can see Spencer Sanders, maybe even Walker Howard catching up with him, um, pretty consistently. Now our number one player that needs to show out with a ton of stuff to lose this season is Michael Trigg. And this was kind of a free space, but Michael Trigg at the end of the last season did not have a good year. He got injured against Vanderbilt. Early in the season, he did pretty well. You could see what he had. A lot of his stuff was kind of outside the numbers, but if he could use and develop what the type system that Harrison Bryant did, that Kenny Eboa did, that offensive system through the tight end, or potentially a slot receiver, he has a chance to do it. Because there are probably two teams in the whole SEC that has an athlete as good as Michael Trigg. Michael Trigg is an absolute freak athlete. If we can figure out how to use him correctly, emphasize his gifts, match-up problems that he is going to have with defensive backs and linebackers, if we can figure out how to do all of that stuff, he has all the ability in the world and all the chance to be at a first or second team all SEC tight end, but it is on him. He has to decide that this is going to happen because if this can happen, he has a chance to be really, really good, honestly. Um, but you know what's the old adage that football coaches used to say? Your potential is going to get me fired. Um, that is the situation going on with Michael Trigg right now. It's all potential, and he has a chance to be really good, but it kind of is what it is. That is our top five list. I don't know if we're going to call it Friday Top Five or Top Five Friday or how we're going to name it. If you have any ideas about it, you know, leave it in the comments section below, and we can talk about that. I wanted to break that out because yesterday we did no football, and this is mainly a football show. Um, So we wanted to break down players that had the most to gain and lose, the top five, on the Ole Miss football team. There's other players, I'm sure. It's not a comprehensive list. It's only a top five, not a top 30. But there's some players there that you can see. This, This is going to be an urgent spring. And that is the key, urgency. If Michael Trigg comes out to the spring practice and does not have urgency, Caden Priestcorn is going to easily pass him in the tight end race. And those reps are going to disappear. And all of the worst that could happen to Michael Trigg is going to happen. Jackson Dart, if he comes out lethargic, if he turns the ball over, if he does what he's supposed to do, Spencer Sanders is going to swoop in and take this job. Or Walker Howard. Somebody has the talent to do that. You're not going to be able to coast currently. Ulysses Bentley the fourth. I know Quinshawn Judkins is on the roster, but you are competing for running back, too, with Keijer Criscano coming into camp. 100-yard rusher in the Polynesian Bowl, Excellent running back. He has a chance to be really, really good. J.J. Henry at slot receiver with Jordan Watkins, potentially Michael Trigg moving out there, potentially Dayton Wade. That tells you all you need to know. It's kind of a Fisher cut bait spring for J.J. Henry, and honestly, he is somebody that I would look for if it doesn't work out this spring, if he doesn't make plays. He is one of those guys that I think would maybe would enter the portal um, in May. And, you know, Jameer Lewis, the Jack linebacker recruited out of Southwest Community College. Not really anything to lose, but he has so much to gain with what's coming in and what's not on that ro- this roster at the time. He has so much opportunity in front of him right now. And if he takes it during the spring, he has a chance to be really, really successful. I mean, I'm excited. If you can tell by the tone of vo- my tone of voice, I'm excited about what's going on in um, those four or five positions. That's what I'm going to be looking at. And, you know, we'll have people at open scrimmages looking and keeping an eye on things. And I'm just really excited about what could happen. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all that fat and calories, then you've got to try Bilt Bar. What makes Bilt Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And I'm not sure how they do it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What do I mean by that? 130 calories four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. We've been telling you for years, go to build.com and use promo code locked on 15 I don't know if that promo code still works, but we've been telling you that for years. Now that's not the only option. You can get it from Walmart or Sam's Club, and I do not think they will take the promo code. But yeah, worth a shot, I guess. Um, but you can go to Walmart and Sam's Club and get that, and you can head there, go to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. They're a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. I mean, it's really good. It's fantastic, and it's really cool that the leading brick-and-mortar store in the United States, is now offering built bars if that's what you want. You'll thank me for that. You give them a try. Thanks for making the Locked On On This podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell up there for um, notifications of new videos, comment down below, and of course, upvote the video itself. I'm here with Tim Thomas. Um, Ole Miss had a huge win over South Carolina in the SEC tournament. We are recording this before they play Tennessee, so we can't talk about that. But I'm going to be honest. This team in the past two weeks, like we expected, started playing loose, kind of started hitting shots. Amari Abram absolutely went off. Jamin Breakfield is turned into our best player um, as far as all-around player. Miles Burns is the Jason Smith defensive stalwart that he's meant to be. And as they've loosened up, they've scored the basketball a little bit and they've played better. It's all been competitive, don't you think?
1: Yeah, you can tell they're playing together. It was good to see. Uh, Morell didn't have his best game by far, but those guys stepped up. Like you said, Abram w- was lighting it up. You know, As you know, early in the year, uh, down at the Disney Invitational uh, ESPN, He was lighting it up then, and and we wondered what happened, but I think you may have brought it up. Ruffin came in, and things kind of got moved around. He got moved around. There was a lot of situations there, but now I think him and Wynn Case had a talk, and Wynn Case gave him the green light, super green light, because he was shooting from everywhere. But it was good to see, like you said, Brakefield had a good steady game. He he has defense defense problems, in my opinion. But he he played rather well. And your man, uh, Miles Burns, I think we had eight steals. He had six of them. So it's good to see. And he hit a couple of threes. He's been practicing. And I was glad to see that because he he, he, uh, works hard. I'm sure he practices all the time. And he was able to get a couple of threes in. I think we hit uh, uh, like 40% on threes. So that's good to see.
0: Yeah, they almost shot more better on threes than they did on twos because, in the lane, for both teams, it just was shambolic at times, and it was nice to see them make some outside shots and pull away. Because if you watch South Carolina, South Carolina, ooh, it, it was it was rough near the rim. At one point, I think they were four of twelve on layups or something like that. It, it, it was rough. They don't have
1: a dominant. Inside, guy, either. Uh, they had a couple guys, big guys. Uh, the great guy, he's a huge guy, but he's not a play. He's not a shooter, scorer, but he takes up space. And of course, we don't. McCuba had a miss or two inside, and McKinnis uh, is just, just not proficient on the offensive end. They're really good at blocking shots at times and they can play defense at times. But uh, offensive wise, we got to go to the guards. And that's what we had to do. We, to hit, we shoot the threes. We die by the three, win by the three. Last night we won. Uh, Tennessee coming up, that's going to be a different uh, story. Uh, they play hard. They play together. They lost one of their better players, Ziegler, but they seem like they're doing okay, okay with him. Uh, Vescovi, I think that's how you say his name. I'm not sure, but he, he's really good at guard. If we could stop him and stop his penetration and his dishing and his three-point shots and really uh, shore up the inside, we, we got a chance for them.
0: Yeah, the weird thing I told people, and like I said, by the time people are watching this, this could all be over already. Um, but I said, this Ole Miss team had the ability to lose to South Carolina or make the semifinals. Because Tennessee, and then if you beat Tennessee, you get Missouri. And all of those teams Ole Miss has played well against this season. May not have beaten them, but they played close enough to where you could see them somehow getting them in the future. So – Like I said, it's fun, good for the kids. Extra basketball is always good, and it should be interesting to see exactly what happens. Anyway, we're talking about, and I joke all the time, about the former player hotline you have, Tim, and and, uh, is there anything going out there, floating out there, that maybe the players are interested in with? Like, for instance, there was a tweet that got sent out yesterday by on Darby. I mean, he's a blast from the past, from the 90s, talking about the rumors as it came up with Chris Beard and how he got to meet Chris Beard. And um, he was extremely nice to him and he was really excited about it. What's the former player's view out there? Uh, Right now, it's really quiet.
1: And and they all know her, as we've read, and a couple of guys I played with. I played with Sean Tuey, John Stroud, Elson Turner. I actually text all all three of those guys and see if they had any insight to if they'd heard anything. Uh, Sean's probably a little more closer than anybody else, but uh, they say it's real, real tight and quiet. And they hadn't had any input. They, they might've called Keith about something, but it, it comes down to Keith Carter and, and Boyce, Boris, the uh, chancellor. They're the ones going to make the decision along with the lawyers and the hiring team and those that have done all the vetting. Cause this is definitely, uh, they got to do their due diligence on this. This is really something that every people is, Everybody's concerned about it, even me. I'm concerned that you know things need to be checked out and need to be vetted. But uh, right now, as like I said last week, he he checks all the boxes for me. He uh, if he is you know okay to to hire and uh, that that's what I'm hearing. That's what you're seeing. The, the top names, social media guys, they uh, they've been talking that same way. The trend last night, the ball game against South Carolina, they were kind of acting like it was a done deal. So maybe it's just the lawyers finishing up the buyout clauses and so forth, so it may be there. But uh, one of the guys definitely said it's going to be very soon. So I think uh, maybe, like you said, maybe by the end of the week, something may be happening. I hope it does, and I hope it's Chris Beard.
0: Yeah, it, it seems to be getting closer. I mean, that's the thing that everybody know There's only one name you hear. There's not other names that are even being mentioned at this point to the point where if something different happens other than Chris Beard, a, Chris Car- Keith Carter would have absolutely had, held an immaculate coaching search because nobody knew a thing about it. Or B, he just got kind of caught with his pants down a little bit. I mean, those are kind of the two options if it's not Chris Beard at this point, right?
1: Yeah, it would be a letdown, you know, for most people because it's kind of built up, built up. And like we said, all the ESPN and uh, social media guys have, have – have said, it's, it's going to be Chris Beard. We're just finishing up very soon. So, you know, if you went to Dusty May or uh, another guy, a hundred guy at Tulane, there are a couple of names I heard. So it's possible that something happens here at the end. You know, Texas uh, Tech coach just resigned from issues. I think his name is Mark Adams. Uh, Jim Beheim retired. I think they already got assistant taking his place. Uh, Notre Dame guy, Mark Bray, he's a... Uh, is it Mark? I think it's Mark. He uh, resigned. So a lot of these older fellows, as you notice, are getting out. It's a tough time these days. Uh, the NIL, a different sort of kid that we're talking about here, and it's different for these older guys. I saw where Beheim, he'd been coaching like 47 years. That's a long time. But a lot of these guys, the older guys, are getting out, and it's a – a younger guy, a sport, I'm not sure the age of uh, a beard, but I think he's well young enough to to handle this. He's done well. He's a Bobby Knight disciple. He uh, coached there with Bobby Knight. So he's going to be probably run a motion offense and he's going to be strict on this man to man. Seriously. I played Bob Welling. He was a Bobby Knight disciple. So they really hard on defense. So that's going to be your start. Like we've talked about all year long. Kermit's big on defense. uh, And, um, I think that this, but Mark, but the beard is a really good recruiter. He somehow knows how he knows how to talk to these kids. He knows how to get them on the campus. He knows how to sign them. So I think we got several guys on this team that, that will stay. I'm sure a few will get in the portal. Uh, so we'll just have to see how that all turns out.
0: Yeah, for whatever reason, I don't see this happening and being like it was at LSU. I don't see that happening to where 14 or 12 players out of 13 go into the portal. I do think there will be some go in there, and I think the four is going to graduate. So we'll see exactly what happens. But one thing that excited me, I think it was on, I don't know if it's a Talk of Champions podcast or whatever they call that thing. Um, they had a reporter from Texas on there. I think you've heard that as well. But he mentioned how Chris Beard was a major marketer of his program. And I've been a proponent of that for weeks. I've been saying that whoever takes this over, they've got their work cut out for him. But it could be something like he just buys pizza for the first 500 students that come to the game and things like that. And I think that is going to be fantastic. And I was going to ask, you you mentioned Bob Wetlick being a Knight Disciple and him being a Knight Disciple. I was going to bring that up because there's probably a little insight into the way he coaches basketball, maybe a softer, kinder, gentler feel in 2023. But there has to be some Bobby Knight there, right? Yeah, as you listen to that guy, Joe Keith
1: Cook, I believe was his name. He was a UT uh, insider. He he uh, he he said that he had his way with some some players. Uh, they struggle to take his temper. I don't know if you say temper or just the way he handled players. He's really strong, really strict uh he wants what he wants he he i heard they call him a truth teller he tells the truth you, you know if you're a player he's gonna tell you the truth you do this or do that or else you know so i, I like that and he, he's big on effort i've heard that too the effort you know we've talked about it all year long early in the years a couple of games and like our effort wasn't there so i don't think that'll be a problem i believe that he's going to play guys that will play the man-to-man defense like it's supposed to be played and he's going to demand effort and uh, if if they don't have this effort, he, he will not. Uh, they will not be playing. But a couple of other things, you know, like uh, Malik Ewing, uh, he's still on the roster. I looked, and uh, we don't know exactly what condition there. And his Sean Rusbruthen, Ruff- uh, where is he at right now? I, I'm, he's still on the roster. I saw. So that's a couple that uh, will have to be decided with the Chris Bearder who comes in, and the, the other, uh, I think, is seven guys that uh, one of them was redshirted the Cowherd kid, but the other guys. Uh, will have to be looked at in a beer to make a decision if he probably be truthful if he wants him or not. If that's someone that fits his mold. That's someone that's willing to effort, someone willing to play defense like he's going to teach it. So it's just some changes. That, you know, if and when he is hired, there's going to be some changes, some quick changes uh, going on. Of course, the portal opens up on the 13th, so I think they'll hire him by then. Yeah.
0: yeah I, 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 at first I was like, hey, Tuesday or Wednesday before the NCAA tournament – you know, that way the news cycle slows down. But, you know, honestly, as this got leaked and as it got put out, the reaction to it has not been bad. I've been looking on social media, looking for it. I mean, there's some people from Mississippi State, there's some people from Arkansas, there's some people from AM that have some, some things to say. But overall, it's not like it's a wave coming at Ole Miss it doesn't seem to be that awful not
1: yet we'll see yeah. what happens if his name is announced we'll see but as we we're talking about the portal coming up he'll someone will need to get with these guys before the portal to keep them out of the portal the ones he don't want to get in it what is he willing to pay to help to keep them or whatever and, and ones he wants to keep so i think it's going to be very soon kind of like Sean too he said it's going to be very soon because we got to get something done, he has to do some talking and get with each guy and meet with them. And I'm sure he's maybe watching film now uh, to try to try to find out which ones he wants and don't want. And there's a couple of them that may not want to have him as their coach. They they were Kermit coached by Kermit. That's who they signed with. That's who they want to play with. So there's there's definitely some uh, things that's going to happen here in the next week.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to surprise, and this is just my opinion. I've heard nothing on this, but the player that I think he's going to really fight to try and keep if Chris Beard gets the job that in the transfer portal, the first person he is going to recruit is actually T.J. Caldwell. That's just my opinion. Yeah, he,
1: he's good. He can really help in that uh is he from texas no no i'm abrams from texas abrams so he'll, from texas yeah he'll know he him as well so I, I would i would name him too he, he's very he impressed me and he's been up and down we talked about the roughing issue coming in and things got changed around and the team didn't play well together there for a period of time so they're playing weather really well now uh game today at 230 uh, against tennessee i wish them well i I'm not sure. I look at the Rick Barnes; he's has 776 victories. Win Case has got two. So, if you got the same talent, a lot of times I'll look at the coach. So, I wish the Rebels well, but it's uh, it's going to be a hard game to win today,
0: especially in Nashville. I mean it, that that is going to be a lot of orange in that building today. Yeah,
1: a lot of ugly orange. Yeah. Mm. Yes, yeah, that is
0: that. that is an ugly orange though. That's that yeah. creamsicle orange. It's yeah. It, it can be hard to look at. It's not as offensive as, say, Oklahoma State, but it's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, it, um, I wish us well. I think we'll do well today. They, they seem fired up. I heard the interviews by the SEC Network guys, and they interviewed Wynn. He was real fired up. He had a little story. You may have heard it. Uh, that T.J. Caldwell that you mentioned, that he was about to put T.J. in, but T.J. said, no, James Watt is playing really well. He, he needs to be in there. Can you believe that? A guy in these days and times, he was about to be put in, and he said, no, James Watt needs to be in there. He is hot. He's playing well. He's, off, he's obviously minded. So it worked. Who got the last shot? It really made the difference in the final game, James White, The guy I've been pushing all year long, but – yeah, up and down, up and down, but the last few games, he's been free to shoot, been free to make mistakes, and just made a difference.
0: You know, um, you're talking about the T.J. Caldwell quote and everything. What that shows is ownership of the team. He's taken ownership of the team. He views it as his team. It's not just him going out there trying to play on the team, he views it as his team, and... That's another reason that I think he's going to be the first player that gets recruited after this is over. Yeah, and Brakefield he said some good things. I was really yeah. proud of him.
1: I think he does a lot of community work. So he, he's uh, if he'll just tighten up his defense a little bit, I'll be really happy with him. His offense was good. He was in the game last night. He played well. He had several threes that were big, big threes. And Abram was the key last night.
0: And, and it's a credit to Kermit Davis uh, and the type of kids that he brought onto the team. but. There's some really, really solid citizens on this basketball team. And I, I'm happy they're having a little bit of success. Uh, and may may they have it as long as they need to have it. I mean, just just keep going, guys. Yeah, I hope,
1: I hope they beat Tennessee today. It could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, anything can happen. And then they, they would have to play Missouri the next game, and they hadn't played at all. So it's going to be tough playing three games back in 81. If- any of y'all remember that? Some of y'all were five years old, but we we did that. We went through the tournament, and one 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 was uh, not picked. To, any game was we picked to win, but we won them all and ended up being Georgia in the final in 1981. Look that up. 1981 SEC tournament champs.
0: Yeah, I've seen the picture of standing on the rim and the whole nine yards. Pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's got everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Tim, I am going to go watch the Detroit Tigers play the Yankees today. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope you have a great weekend, and hopefully the Rebels can string some Ws together. Yeah, I hope they do. I hope they
1: beat Tennessee today and maybe get on to Missouri. But if not, I hope we get our coaches higher real soon, and when the portal comes up, he can find the players he wants and who that might be, and we can look forward to having a really good team next year. I want to have the fans. You see some of these other plays, that they got kids everywhere wearing white and the whole place is packed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. being that way, anyway, with, with Beard or someone like that coming in and getting the fans fired up and then bringing in some really good portal players, which I think you'll go heavily, uh, we we got a good thing going, you know, if, if this will all happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Take take care, Tim. Have a good weekend, bud. All right. Howdy toddy. Howdy toddy.